everybody. Welcome back to The Smattering. I'm Jason Hall, joined by the voice of the people, Jeff Santoro. Jeff, how you doing, buddy? I am good, man. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. Look out, Mets. Here come the Braves. I haven't mentioned no, that in a few weeks. Again, are we? It's happening. Yeah. The only negative feedback I got about our podcast was the baseball talk. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, nobody's listening to us to hear about baseball. <laughs> so of course, that's the first thing I talk about. Yeah. We, we've, we're doing something different this time. We're, we're going to do... This is the first in a series through the month of September. We're probably going to have four episodes that we're going to do, and we're going to walk people through kind of our process, right? How do we get ideas, stock ideas? How do we decide what to buy, when to buy? How do we track our investments? How do we track the companies? And then thinking about how do we think about selling when we sell, right? So kind of going through that whole process. So um, keep your eyes out for that. This will be the first episode in it. Um, Probably going to have a guest join us in the midst. So we'll probably get some bonus content that we're going to produce in the midst of, of this series, but keep an eye out for it. In the meantime, Jeff, um, we need to remind people how they find us. And also, I think we need to kind of, it's time for us to shill a little bit here, right? We should shill our, our YouTube channel. We do need to shill. So we've been, we've had a nice little start to our uh, media empire here. Um, and we've had a lot of people um, follow us on Twitter at Smattering Show. We've had people email us at thesmatteringshow at gmail.com. Um, but we also, uh, I don't know that we've mentioned enough on the podcast that we also have a YouTube channel and we're, there, there is some cross content. There's going to be some stuff on both, but we're, we're also going to have some, some things that appear on the pod, like, like this series about our process that don't appear on the YouTube channel. And then also some YouTube con- content that may not make it to the pod. So, um, if you, if you like what you're listening to and you want to check us out in video form, um, you know, check us out on our YouTube channel. You can find it by just searching for the smattering, um, you know, since it's a, since it's a new channel, it's just like a random collection of, of numbers and letters for the name because YouTube, once we get to a large enough following, we'll be able to rename it something easier, find our Twitter and you can find our YouTube. Um, yeah, here's the best reason to, to find our, our YouTube channel and to subscribe to it. It's not to see me and Jeff on video. It's if you're a visual learner, we'll share a lot of charts. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna do um, things that way. So I think it can be really useful for anybody that that learns better visually, um, and we can make more money doing it. So that's the most important part, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Seriously, so, uh, follow us, please do, please do. Yes, please follow, please subscribe, please fr- uh, tell your friends. And one more thing, if you guys could give us ratings on the podcast apps, that helps too. That that helps people find the podcast, um, and we really want to spread our reach. Um, so, all right, so with that said, we can dive into it here, Jason. Um, so our question is, where do you get investment ideas, right? So this is the beginning of the process. Before you buy something, you gotta you have to know where to look to get ideas, and, and uh, we're going to dive into that here. So I'll, I'll kick us off. I will... I'm going to, we're going to mention a bunch of different things, but not all of these things are uh, ways that we typically find ideas, but they are out there for other people. And I think part of what I want to get across is everyone needs to kind of find their own way that works for them to find ideas. And then we'll talk in our next episode about what to do once you find them. So for, for me, the first place that I get a lot of good ideas is actually from podcasts, um, I'm a I'm a fan of 
two in particular that I think are worth mentioning specifically because they do mention stocks and, and, and you can use that to get ideas. Um, so one is Motley Fool Money, which is um, the the main podcast done by the company, The Motley Fool. Disclosure, Jeff and I both do uh, some contracting yes. work for The Fool. So let's put that out there. We do. Right. But I, I, I would have mentioned it even before that because it, it's actually how I found the company to begin with was I found it as a fan as of, the, of the free podcast and as a subscriber. Um, but it's a, it's a combination of you know, just general investment talk and, and good advice, but they always find a way to work in specific stock ideas. So I think that's a good place to start. Um, and another one that I'm a fan of that is really heavy on stock ideas, and they cover some that are a little bit more off the radar at times. Um, that's Chit Chat Money. So that's another one you can you can search for. Um, so those are two podcasts that I, and I think when I think through it, I get a lot of my ideas for new stocks from from those two podcasts. So before we go to our next like kind of different one, do you have any podcast, Jason, that you listen to, or is that not your preferred method? You know, I'm really it's it's interesting, right? I'm a person who's co-hosting a podcast and about investing, and I don't really listen to very many investing podcasts. I think part of that is because I am very head down during the day reading company reports, writing, um, and so I don't necessarily have a ton of time to listen. And when I'm listening to podcasts. I'm listening to stuff like The Sporkful, right, which is a great podcast about food and people involved in food. Um, and um, I do listen to a few, right? So I uh, like, um, oh, goodness, now I'm, I'm completely drawing a blank here. Um, Freakonomics is, is one that oh, I really... I love that one. I love that yep. podcast. Great. It's not really investing specific, uh, but there's just so much good stuff there. Jacob Goldstein from Planet Money... Um, has recently started, earlier this year, started his own podcast. It's called What's Your Problem? And mm. I think it's really, really interesting because he's interviewing people, scientists, founders of startups, engineers, um, and talking about something great they're trying to build, something they're trying to do, and the problems they're trying to solve. And I think that's really valuable because the best companies, some of the most successful companies, are the ones that solve very real problems in some way. Um, and it's a way they can make money. Um, so listening, I listen, tend to listen to podcasts that are more kind of focused on that. But, but one of the reasons I like that is it gets my brain thinking broadly about problems and, and the world and thinking about other places to invest. And then I start looking for opportunities. Um, maybe I, I come across something and like they, they did an episode that was talking about, drones, drone delivery. And the, the founder of this company, Zipline, I think is the name of the company, they've been really successful in Africa. And then they're running into all these regulatory problems in the US because the countries in Africa they operate in, everything that flies has a transponder in it, right? So you know where it is. It's everything knows where everything else is. You don't have that in the US. So um, it, it got me thinking about those like drone challenges in the US. And then I can think, well, okay, well, this maybe this tells me an area not to invest in. Um, right. And I think that's just as valuable sometimes is areas to invest in, is the things that are maybe too hard to monetize to say no to, um, because the only people that are going to make money are the people that are raising capital in the investment banks that, that, that run the IPO or secondary or whatever. Um, there, there are other great ways to do it. Um, there's a lot of great substacks out there, right? I'm a big reader. Um, our, 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 our colleague, um, uh, Brian Feroldi, I've known Brian 
as long as he's um, been popular in these parts, um, has a great Substack um, with a lot of great mindset stuff. But he also talks a lot about stocks. So finding really smart people on Twitter, on LinkedIn. Generally, they're also in other places too. They're probably writing. They're probably doing videos, right? Those are great ways to do it. Um, I, I think sometimes we also forget about screeners, honestly. Um, I use screeners a ton to find dividend stocks. Um, your broke, I guarantee whoever your broker is, they have a, probably have a pretty good screener where you can screen for yeah. things like dividend yield and sector and revenue growth over like the past three years. So you can find growth companies. You can find companies that pay a certain amount of dividend yield. And then you get a starting point from there, and then you do the research, right, and find the companies from there after you've vetted them to start doing the buying. And just in case anyone don't know, doesn't know what screeners are, they're just it's basically it's exactly what it sounds like, where you can put in whatever a bunch of different criteria. It's a great big filter. To kind of net, yeah, it's a great filter to narrow down the vast world of thousands of stocks down to sometimes five or six if you want to get really specific with the criteria you put in. Um, I want to circle back, though, Jason, to something you said about um, finding people on Twitter or even people who write substacks. And, and this is something I learned during the, the crazy bull market we saw in mid to late 2020 and through 2021, which is you have to, you have to be a little bit discerning in terms of um, who's out there, what they're saying, and what they're reading. So one thing that I kind of tell myself is, if I see someone talking about a company or a stock in a very, this is a no doubter, it can't go wrong, you know, I'm backing up the truck, like language like that, I I may look at it still, but I go into it really skeptically because people, there's a lot of people doing a lot of good on on the internet in terms of helping others learn about investing, but there's also a lot of people with self-serving interests or who are trying to you know, pump up a stock that they bought or whatever the reason is. So um, I find that people who present ideas with data that backs it up, or here's why I like this, but also will provide, but here's what could go wrong, or here's a concern I have, or here's something I'm keeping an eye on. Um, because there isn't, there is no investment that is a sure thing. And there is no investment that is all good and not bad. If you're not, I've, if you're not paying somebody um, to provide you with vetted stock picks, you need to understand who is paying them right, <laughs> and how they're making money. The most underappreciated way um, to vet people and to vet businesses is to follow the money and understand how people are being compensated, right? Um, this podcast, for example, Jeff and I are lucky that like we have real jobs that pay our bills and this is our startup, right? And we're trying to build it up to something that's going to make us some money. And, you know, we, we, the, the YouTube, we, we have an affiliate deal with the Motley Fool that we earn some affiliate income. If people join one of the full services through, through our link, um, we get a little bit of ad revenue from um, some of the podcast people. We don't have any big sponsors at this point, hopefully we get a big enough audience that we will, right? And we'll be very transparent about the way that we, that we make money, right? So just remember that, right? If, if you're just reading some randos Twitter and they're pumping this stock, you know, you get what you pay for, people. Yeah. And it, it goes to what you said earlier, which is regardless of if it's a 
source that you really trust and you feel is balanced, or if it's something that is very clearly pushing one side of, of an investment or another, this whole the whole point of this episode is really where do you get ideas, not where do you get ideas that you go immediately by with no further due diligence. Yeah, episode two <laughs> so, is going to be the process of deciding what to buy, right? So we're gonna right. we're gonna get to that. Jeff, I've got a I've got another question for you, one we haven't talked about. Yeah. Um, one of the first investment books that I read that I still appreciate, um, Peter Lynch's One Up on Wall Street. Um, and one of the things that Peter Lynch wrote about and has talked about a lot is opportunities that he found in the real world, right? One that he talked about was like pantyhose, right? It's like the, I don't know how many people remember it now, but I can remember when I was a kid in the grocery store, they set them up right in the supermarket. They set them up right next to the checkout aisles, those towers that were the round towers with the baskets, and they had those little eggs in them. And little they eggs, had yep. the legs, pantyhose, right? These things were revolutionary for women because prior to that, stockings, they, the, the sheer stockings the women wore, would, they would tear and they would rip and they were expensive. And these things were revolutionary because they were very inexpensive and they were a lot more durable um, and he just kept walking by him and never thought about it. And then one day his wife was like, these are incredible. And, you know, it became a very successful investment. So what do you, what do you think about that, Jeff? No, I love, I, I love that book and I love that idea. And it's <clears throat> for someone who's brand new, it's a good first book to read, I think, because it can, it can invite you into the world of investing in a way that takes down some of the like feeling someone might have of like, oh, I, I can't do this. I don't have a finance background. Um, there's two companies that I, when I read that book, kind of jumped out to me. Um, one was an initial, like, I just know this company and I, and I thought of it through the lens of an investment for the first time. And one was, it came across my radar as a stock first, but then I, my, um, my knowledge of it as a product really got me interested. So one is Adobe. Yeah. Um, the, the software company. And I, I work in schools, as I've talked about before, and I supervise arts area classes. And Which means during the, the pandemic, the creative, the creative suite is, is part of your life. Right. Photoshop, Illustrator, the, those things. Um, and during the pandemic, we had to find a way to access all those programs without the computers that were in our buildings. And thankfully, a lot of that's moved to the cloud. But long story short, we at one point were looking for alternatives to those programs. And there, it's not that there are none. There are none that are comparable. There are, they, it's a rounding it is, error from none. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. It's incredible how, how monopolistic their 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 programs are. Yeah. Um, and you know, so that was like a real world thing in my life, and that's very specific to what I do for a living. But everyone has those sort of you know things in their profession that would be equivalent. And the other one was um, McCormick, the spice company. Mm-hmm. Um, Came across my radar actually from a podcast. I didn't even think of it as being a publicly traded company, but then I my realized guess is like, our our friend Jason Moser was probably it was Jason Moser, right? Exactly. Um, but then when I started to think about it, I was like, "Oh man, like th- that's all that's in the spice aisle." Like I don't even know who they're. And then when I found out they own like French's and um, uh, Cholula and another hot sauce, I can't remember the name of. Um, you know, so then you start. But once you start finding a few of those, it completely changes the way you sort of view the world. Yeah. And then you can't you can't like turn off seeing the world as an investor and yeah. it just opens up a whole nother, you know, 
a, bu- a bunch of new ideas. The only thing I would say as a caveat to all of that, though, is, and this is another lesson that's good to learn, not all great products make great investments. Right. And Peloton, we've talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a real good example. Right. I don't think anyone would question the product. People love it. Yep. But it has not been a good investment over the past, you know, year. So well, there's the there's the, the there is no such thing as a buy at any price business, right? And that's right. And that's the key. And I, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because that's that story with the uh, with the pantyhose. Um, if I remember correctly, it's been probably five years since the last time I read the book. There were actually two companies I think that were making these products. And Lynch, one, it was like it was just there was no material benefit, and then the other. The, the pantyhose were, were just like a big, it was a big material thing. So that's the other thing, right? You don't see a product that's flying off the shelves or in the case of like Adobe where it's virtual shelves and they're the only product that's on it and just blindly buy it, right? It's a starting point for, for collecting ideas. And the hard part is what you do with them, what you do with them next, Jeff. And that, we're going to talk about that in our next episode. Yeah. There's one more thing that just popped into my head as we were talking through it that I think is an interesting angle on this, which is when you do find an idea, even if it's one that you're skeptical of, Google the name of the company and then the word competition. Because sometimes you'll find that by f- by looking into who that company's biggest competition is, you might find the actual better company in that space. Yeah. Um, so that's just another sort of quick, you know, as quickly as you can do a, an internet search, you can you can broaden from one company idea, you can broaden your, your horizon to, to two or three or four more. Yeah, and it's one of those things, too, where th- there are a lot of examples of companies that have kind of, you know, they've come to define the category and they've come to, like, make all the money in the category, right? You think about um, in social media, you know, meta platforms, right? It's, it's the winner. Companies like Twitter have struggled. Companies like Snap have struggled. Um, to, to be big winners for investments. Um, and, and there are a lot of cases where it really it's important to, like, you buy the, the right company that's going to dominate that category. But then there's a lot of other times where it's really it's a basket approach. I think we're sharing a little bit or too much for the next episode here. It's a teaser. It's called a teaser in the business, that's right. Jason. That's right. So we'll talk a little bit more about that in different, idea, different times when you need to find the category definer and the times where you might want to think about taking that basket approach. In episode two of this of this series. Friends, it's important that, that, that you answer these questions for yourselves. We'll ask them. We'll even give our answers for ourselves, but it's up to you to figure it out. Nothing here is investing advice, especially anything that comes out of Jeff's mouth. You can do it. Thank do it you. Yourself. Thanks, Jeff. This was fun. See you next time. See you next time. <laughs>